Philip Anthony Albertelli, and this is The Week in Delhi, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever, and this is episode 107. Before we start, I'd like to take care of the obligatory shout-outs. Here's a quick list of this week's new Twitter followers. Gunther Helheim. That's one of the best names I've ever heard. Member of Richard Dawkins Foundation for Reason and Science. All right. HolyLibel.com, at the Holy Libel. Religion meets sarcasm. <laughs> and he says, it's 2013 and people still believe in God. Uh, let's punch some logic into the... <laughs> I can't say that in the show. That's an F-bomb. Of course, there have been one or two exceptions in the past. A-A-M-O-F Awareness. Oh, I see. And that's an abbreviation for as a matter of fact. Rosh at LM House One. Omar Canales. And he says, love astrophysics, but studying quantum physics. Militant atheist. Member of Mensa. All right. The next is Ash. Ash Cipher, it looks like. At Scientia Percept, I think. And he says, facts and science are explained by theories. Um, perhaps that goes to that unfortunate misunderstanding that people often have between the scientific use of the word theory and the word theory as it's used in casual conversation. Theory in the scientific sense would be something like the germ theory of disease, the theory of gravity, and yes, the theory of evolution. Things that have been proven and tested and enjoy a certain level of peer consensus. Or as Wikipedia puts it, a scientific theory is a well-substantiated explanation of some aspect of the natural world that is acquired through the scientific method and repeatedly confirmed through observation and experimentation. But anyway, back to the shout-outs. Yes, there's still more shout-outs. And Ash Cipher, by the way, is a science teacher with a degree in evolutionary biology. That's pretty cool. Next is Scruffy Nerd Herder. Oh, Scruffy Nerf Herder. Is that a Star Wars reference? I think it is. Uh, next is Moral Primate. And then I think I did this one last week. I'm That Atheist. Um, next up, The Mad Humanist. Oh, then these, yeah, I think I did these last week too. The True Man of God and Sandy Atheist at Sandy1471. Okay, so now on to the news. The first story is kind of fun. It gives me a chance to indulge both my love of small dogs and my distrust of religion. Uh, and this story comes from the Daily Mail online and appears to be written by a certain Ted Thornhill, and it's dated May 2nd, 2014. All right. Russian woman facing jail on blasphemy charges after burying her dog in a human graveyard, prompting howls of outrage. And I didn't write that. The author did. Okay. So Ludmilia. Yelsakova buried her dog in a human graveyard three years ago. It has been described as an affront to the Christian faith and sick. The dog, a Yorkshire Terrier, is buried in a village in southwestern Russia. She could now face jail on blasphemy charges after prosecutors were alerted. Ludmilia Yelsakova's burial ceremony for her pet Yorkshire Terrier happened three years ago in the village of 
Chesnikovka, I think, and Boshkara Tostin, I think. Okay, I did my best. A federal subject in southwestern Russia. I just want to interrupt to say that I had a Yorkie growing up. Thing lived to be almost 20 years old, a great dog, but thought he ruled the house and ate like a garbage disposal. Unfortunately, I was the one who had to take him to be put to sleep when one morning he finally reached the end and couldn't even get out of bed anymore. Um, not a good day, but I don't want to bum you guys out, so now back to the story. Locals in the Russian village of Chesnikovka were outraged to learn that a Yorkshire Terrier has been buried in a human graveyard. But it was only recently that other people whose relatives were buried there found out that the well-tended tomb was for a dog. They said it was blatant paganism and an affront to religion and demanded it be moved. This is the revival of the ancient religions of animal worship and is not only sick but a massive insult to the Christian faith said Maria Popova, one of the local residents. Locals have called the grave sick and an affront to the Christian faith. That was kind of redundant. But the tearful 47-year-old woman has so far refused, saying the plot was paid for and she still needed a place to mourn. She said, I have had no one else in my life since, and no one ever treated me as well as Ursu. U-R-S-U, okay. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce this next long-ass name, but... 61-year-old rector of the village cathedral of the Ascension agreed, however, with the angry residents and has now ordered an investigation as to whether the local priest who was in charge of the church graveyard knew what was going on. Meanwhile, a report has also been sent to prosecutors who are probing whether she has broken any laws. So in a way, I guess I understand how people, maybe feeling protective of their dead loved ones, might hear that someone buried an animal in the same cemetery and feel somewhat worried or defensive. Uh, I know if I heard someone buried a dog in, say, the same graveyard where my grandmother's buried, I might not be offended, but I might be a little concerned or puzzled. I might think, hmm, what's going on here? Are my grandmother's remains going to be all right? Are they turning the place into a pet cemetery? But I wouldn't have any religious concerns uh, about it, mostly because I'm not religious. Uh, I'm a non-believer who regards religions ultimately as nothing more than man-made belief systems. I understand why humans care about remains. We need a sense of ritual, a way to remember or honor the dead. But if there really is a higher power, does he, she, or it really care what you do with your rotting bio-sludge, to put it crudely, or which species are buried together? I like how they describe it as blatant paganism. Even though I don't literally believe in paganism either, I find whenever Christians denounce something as pagan, it only makes me like it more. But on a uh, serious note, I don't think this woman was engaging in paganism. I think she just really loved her dog, like a family member even, the way most of us love our dogs. And for some reason, she has felt more comfortable burying the dog in a human cemetery for some reason. I like the idea of dogs and humans being buried together, or animals and humans in general. I don't think it's an insult to the dead. I think, in my opinion, it just shows a heartwarming level of reverence for animals. But I guess in fairness um, to everyone, people should have to abide by whatever the rules of a particular cemetery are. The story seems to imply that they weren't certain whether or not she had permission. But I think they should let the little Yorkie stay. Dogs are good people, right? <laughs> 
I think uh, George Carlin once said chickens were good people. But anyway, and they are kind of right when they draw a connection between paganism and certain animal burial practices. There's instances of pre-Christian cultures that buried animals either near or actually with the dead. One of the most famous examples being ancient Egypt. The ancient Egyptians not only kept certain animals as companions, but many such as cats, hawks, crocodiles, ibises, baboons, and bulls, as in the ceremonial Apis bull, were seen as being divine in nature and linked to or even representative of um, certain prominent deities. Animal mummies were extremely common in ancient Egypt, uh, but in fairness, I'm not sure how common it was for mummies of cherished pets to be actually interred with their owners. I've heard conflicting opinions on the matter. But pets were at least often depicted in uh, tomb paintings along with the royal family. Um, there is a famous case of an ancient Egyptian man buried with a mummified puppy, or maybe it was an adult dog, and they just affectionately referred to it as a puppy. Uh, the man's name was Happy Men, H-A-P-I-M-E-N. Supposedly his name means something like the Apis Bull Indoors. Uh, scientists or um, the anthropology staff, at least, decided to name the dog Happy Puppy, H-A-P-I dash puppy. Uh, it's kind of funny. I believe other cases include Anglo-Saxon nobles being buried with their horses, an ancient Tunisian man buried with an elderly dog at his feet, an ancient Siberian dog who was given a burial very similar to that that would have been given to a human, and the grave it was put in actually contained human remains. Uh, some layers beneath, I think. I'd like to be buried with my dogs, but since I have very little hope that my consciousness will survive death, uh, probably won't matter either way to me at that point. Okay, I have one more story for you. This one involves some interesting comments made by Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore, I believe it is. I'm borrowing this clip from the Young Turks, and the voice you'll hear at the beginning is that of uh, one of the Young Turks hosts, John Idarola. Got one more for you. Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore can always be relied on to have some interesting ideas about the separation of church and state. But listen to what he thinks about the First Amendment. Our political system is politically correct not to say prayers before council meetings, not to acknowledge God. Oh, we do it when we get in trouble, when they bomb the Twin Towers. All the Congress line up on the steps and acknowledge Buddha. No, they don't acknowledge Buddha. <laughs> They acknowledge the God of the scriptures upon which this nation were founded. But I'll tell you this. Everybody, to include the United States Supreme Court, has been deceived as to one little word in the First Amendment called religion. They can't define it. They can't define it the way Mason, Madison, and even the United States Supreme Court define it. The duties we owe to the Creator and the manner of discharging it. Oh, they don't want to do that because that acknowledges the creator God. Buddha didn't create us. Mohammed didn't create us. It's the God of the Holy Scriptures. They didn't bring a Koran over on the pilgrim ship Mayflower. Let's get real. Let's go back and learn our history. Let's stop playing games. 
So I think the Young Turks made some good points on their show. Uh, they brought up how he says, Muhammad didn't create us. Uh, well, Muslims don't think Muhammad created us either. They believe in Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. And by the way, Islam, like Judaism and Christianity, is an Abrahamic faith. So they all more or less believe in the God of Abraham. And this might sound somewhat ironic coming from me, since I'm often criticizing religion. Uh, it's primarily what I do on this show. Um, but the way he says Buddha, you can almost hear the disdain in his voice. I wonder if he knows that Buddhism predates Christianity by centuries. And the fact that, for the most part, it's a uh, relatively benign religion that focuses on compassion, um, I think makes it worthy of respect as well. Although uh, there have been some unfortunate instances of Buddhist fundamentalist violence um, recently. And that still seems so weird to say because that's kind of uh, in opposition to the kind of general image we tend to have of uh, Buddhism and Eastern religion in general here in the West. But unfortunately, it seems that even those gentle Eastern religions are not immune to uh, the corrupting influence of fundamentalism. But anyway, now I'm moving on to a whole different subject. Uh, I'm going to call this episode a wrap. As always, you can like the show on Facebook, you can follow the show on Twitter, you can listen on Stitcher, you can subscribe or rate the show through iTunes, you can check out the archives or most recent episodes at Podbean. Just go to uh, Podbean, that's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com, do a search for The Week in Doubt. While you're there, if you feel generous, you can use the PayPal widget on the official Week in Doubt Podbean page in order to make a donation to the show. Upkeep. Always feel like a televangelist when I say that. Uh, as little as 99 cents. Um, and coming soon, I might start to try out this um, new service I recently became aware of through good friend of the show and uh, my friend too, I like to think, uh, Chris Weber, host of C-Web Sunday School. It's something called Patreon, and it provides podcast hosts and artists in general, I think, with a way to uh, allow their audience to uh, help support them. Um, so I might try implementing that uh, fairly soon. But no big changes. The show is still completely free, but I think it just offers another way if you want to contribute to the show. You, you can do that through uh, Patreon. But okay, as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>